Hi, I'm Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. And this is the Heart of It podcast, where we chat about what's at the heart of our workplace cultures, energy. It's time to recognize the physical, emotional, and spiritual energy that creates our cultures. And as HR, we are being called to care for it all. Our organizations need us now more than ever. They need the healing only we can provide as HR practitioners. So what are you waiting for? Let's do this. Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. And it's another one where I'm joined with my co-host Dave. Dave, you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, I'm uh, happy that these episodes, I think, actually are airing close to back to back, so they're getting more Sam and Dave time. There you go. So, Dave, I have to tell you this funny thing that happened to me today because I know you would get a kick out of this, and I think it really segues from when we were talking about the movies and energy in the last episode. Um, but I just went and did this corporate training intervention. Hmm. And at the end, this woman came up and she says, uh, I want to tell you something, but please don't be offended and don't take it to heart. And I really thought she was going to tell me that she hated <laughs> what I did and that I sucked at my job. And then she says, my granddaughter watches the movie Encanto. Have you seen this new no, movie from uh-uh, Disney? So uh-uh. this is like the okay. brand new Disney movie, okay. Encanto. And it's all based around this little girl named Maribel, who's got okay. these big glasses and curly hair, and she's kind of the heroine of it all. Okay. But she said, you look just like Maribel. <laughs> she said, can I take a selfie with you mm. so I can tell my four-year-old granddaughter that I met Maribel today? And I thought, yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm not a Disney princess, but apparently I'm Maribel from the latest Disney film. Exactly. You're close enough. <laughs> It's enough for uh, for Maribel that's to right. uh, okay to be out there. Okay, that's great. So this summer, I'm I'm gonna go down to Walt Disney World. You better and believe make it. Some appearances. Absolutely. I think I'm just gonna dress like her on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, if this is my claim to fame, I mean, I should embrace my Maribel side. No question. See how long it takes for them before they call security. No, yeah. I think you're gonna be good with that. <laughs> The other thing that I think we should just point out, because I think these are like monumental moments, yeah. and you said this last time, you gave an update on the audiobook, and today, literally, Dave handed over the audiobook files yes. to the Heart Center team, so it's on us now to make them come alive. He's releasing Ugh. responsibility of that being released, and now it's in transition, so we are one step closer to yes. getting that out there. Yes, and I appreciate everyone's patience. Um, it was a, definitely a labor of love, and... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is a big can't, step for you too, can't Sam. Wait to hear myself as a man's voice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was definitely definitely uh, a different um, approach. I felt like I had to take, but it was uh, it, I started to embrace it. The more I was doing it, the more I started to embrace it. So I really enjoyed it. So I'm anxious. I'm anxious to see how this kind of uh, we'll see where it goes and see it take off. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And um, yes, yeah, so today we're talking about intuitive skill sets and waking them up, which <laughs> <laughs> we were making jokes before this that I said Dave would have to be lead because it looks like Dave got uh, more of a prep than I did on this. However, I think you might be more of the expert because... Um, you just did the audio book that had the 33 lessons mm-hmm. for the uh, waking up your intuitive skill sets. Yes, that is correct. And um, I, I will say I learned a lot more about uh, intuition, being an intuitive, and almost feel like, and you mentioned this in the book uh, on more than one occasion, that there's more of us have that intuitive ability than we probably give ourselves credit for. And I've started to become a little more aware of not only myself when I'm using more of my intuition or kind of intuitive senses, but I've been watching other people and uh, I feel like it's it's happening more out there than you believe. And I think this book um, especially really calls it and brings it out to, uh, to to kind of everyone to to maybe take a look at. And I, I felt like I was relating 
a lot more to the lessons than I definitely anticipated I was. So as we start to talk about some of the content that we're going to discuss today, um, it'll be interesting to see, uh, for those of you out there listening, if you can apply it to what you're doing just in, uh, in your everyday life too. Yeah, you know, so talking about the practicality of this book, so mm -hmm. it's really interesting for me because I have this new book coming, which you have not seen yet because mm -hmm. now you're kind of finally having the space to have another book down, <laughs> you know, dumped on you. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the feedback that I'm getting from the new book is that this book is so practical and it's like a really great practitioner guide. And, you know, even when we first started talking about the HR Intuitive you know, the idea of the practicality of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll have to say I had like a massive kind of like, I don't know, you know, those, um, I guess, imposter syndrome today. So I had a, a staff member say like, I saw this list of HR books and HR intuitive should be on this list. And I thought, no, it should not be on this list. It's not <laughs> practical and skill set. So even me, who is the author, sat mm -hmm. there discounting intuition and, you know, will I be laughed at? Is this really what I think it is? But I, you know, haven't even quite gotten there yet. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, it, it, yeah, today is interesting. Because even me, as the person who is doing this work, still feels like, you know, am I am I a little bit not with it? Because I'm, I'm talking about this stuff and maybe it is too out there. Wow, that's interesting that you say that. Because um, I've gotten to know you now over the last couple of years. And that's the, what's interesting about that is, you know, and, and I, I think if you're going to read this book, you need to read the lessons more than one time. OK, and that and I say that because for me, and that's going to kind of dovetail into what we're talking about as far as intuition and awakening and, and more about what we're talking on this podcast. The more I read those lessons, the more I started to relate my life to some of those lessons, that's when it started to really um, hit me, okay? Because at first it was just words on a page and I'm just reading these. But then, you know, I start to read it over and over again and it almost I started to internalize what you were saying. And it's funny because as I would, I could hear you saying this, I could see you going through these experiences. And what's amazing about it is you have such a passion for what the book is talking about, but at the same time, you're humble and vulnerable enough to put yourself out there and talk about the journey as to how you got to become really an intuitive mm -hmm. type of person. So it's interesting to hear that you're still not giving to me yourself enough credit because I've, I've shared bits and pieces of the book with folks and it is hard to describe. They always ask me, what's it about? And I think, mm, it's not about human resources per se. At, but yet, the application of it is so relevant to today's workplace, no matter what. And HR, as you know, and you've, you talk about, is so integral, and I think a lot of times overlooked, um, as to how important it is with your employees and just having that type of culture that you want to have. So I think it's out there. It's a lot more impactful than you, I'm sure you even realize. And just know that, I know that's probably hard for you to hear, but you definitely could be in an HR section of a, of a, of a bookstore and probably a number of others that I think would fit really well, too. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll take that mini pump me up yep. moment. Take it. So, uh, you know, I know that today we want to talk about awakening these skill sets. And obviously, <clears throat> you know, the book has 33 lessons, um, mm -hmm. which I think creates a great primer. But, you know, I talk back... If I think back to writing um, and identifying like how I originally started to think I was becoming intuitive, all 33 of those lessons are very heightened emotional experiences. So much so that my teacher, my uh, medical Qigong teacher, Ted O'Brien, he was one of the early readers of the book and he was concerned that when people would read it that they would think I'm like an angry person and like I just have all these like venting to do. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people said, no, 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 it's passion. So it was really interesting for me to hear that take because um, when I'm writing, I'm just trying to capture 
what I experienced in the moment in the words so that hopefully it resonates. Yeah. And people can, if I'm reliving it, then hopefully you're getting pieces of that as well. Well, I think what, that's, that's interesting, again, you say that because what I, what I liked probably most about it is it's not really pie-in-the-sky stuff. I mean, these are, and you express emotions like anger and frustration in the book. I didn't take it as that you're an angry, bitter, you know, resentful type person, <laughs> um, which I know you're not. But it's interesting because you, to me, were uh, verbalizing all of the roller coaster of emotions that people go through from the moment they're born till the moment they get into adulthood. And you did it in such a way that even though at times you're thinking, oh my God, like, you know, because I could tell there was some, for you, it sounded like there were some hopeless moments. And you were fighting this culture, right? These cultural expectations that people have that our society's created and wondering, what, what am I doing? Am I, you know, where where's this leading? I, I don't even know. And it was so easy, I'm sure, at times to say, I'm just going to go back into my little whole and be numb to uh to to life like most people seem like they're getting through so uh it's almost like you had to go through all of that to get to the other side and um that's the part so that you got to stick to the end because all of a sudden there's an incredible amount of hope and hopefulness and just joy and then all of a sudden i feel like gosh you just you have a, a certain way of looking at things that but i almost feel like you needed to go through what you went through to get to that point. So, and you kind of developed and maybe you, you perfected or, or really harnessed that intuitive ability. And, and I think too, and thank, you know, we're, we, we thank you for this because you're then able to transfer that to other people. And that's probably the biggest gift I think that, uh, that any intuitive can give is not only to recognize it in themselves, but then they pass it on to others and hopefully, you know, it, it continues to spread. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you know, maybe I'm making this way too simple, mm. but when I think about, when I think about how your intuition first starts to show up, mm -hmm. I think it is in those real heightened emotional moments. Mm. I think that, you know, uh, it takes a lot to happen to us for us to finally just sit in stillness and then make a window of opportunity for this little voice inside to kind of make itself known. Mm -hmm. And I've said this multiple times to clients where I will make jokes about, uh, and I probably did it with you too, Dave, <laughs> little Dave, little Dave is in there asking, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Little Sam is asking. And, and life is usually just so loud mm. until something happens that provokes us. It hits us at a level that's so intimate to our core and our essence that we can't ignore it anymore. And today I was talking to people about their value systems. Mm. And I know this was back our first episode and I told you about doing value exercises and how I thought they're complete baloney. Right. But I do think <laughs> values come through. I think they are almost the materialization of our intuition. They are some of those kind of milestones or yeah. landmarks mm -hmm. of who we are and what we're meant to be. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, that's really well stated too. And I think you're right because at the end of the day, to me, and there is the, the life is loud and there's too many distractions. And I think there's more and more pulling at everyone's time. And, you know, you just, you, you look for that moment where you can, like, in, in the stillness of, 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 of a moment and then just trust. Then, like you said, a voice just says, "This is what you need to do, and do it." And then you do it, and that's that's what I want people to um, get from all of this is, you know, follow your intuition um, because, and I don't know for you, Sam, but for me, you know, when I hear the word intuition, that always promoted a a positive connotation. That always was positive. If somebody was using their intuition, it was almost like they knew something that the rest of us didn't. Um, and it always, you, you, I always gravitated towards people, and I still do to this day, who I can tell have a sense, an intuitive sense that is used 
in a positive way. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing. And I think if you're a little more in tune to it, and like you just said, it allows you to maybe distance yourself from some of the, the noise and the distractions. And it allows you to say, no, wait, these are my values. This is what I'm about. And I'm going to follow this because in my heart, that's what I feel. And at the end of the day, it's me and me. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. So um, I think there's all that woven through it. And to me now more than ever, um, that intuitive sense, that intuitive feeling, that's what we should follow more or, um, you know, yes, use your uh, logical sense and all of that. But when it comes to should I or shouldn't I, follow what your your heart is saying. Use that intuit, intuition um, and go with that, okay? That's, that's to me what we're talking about. And I, you know, I'm sure folks out there, you've, you've done that and um, you can remember a time or two and we'll talk about maybe some of our own examples uh, where it's worked or we've mm-hmm. seen it work in others, so. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, you know, one of the things that I think is really difficult about intuition it's really easy when you're in sync and it's like, yes, this is right. Go with this. Mm-hmm. But when it's in conflict with whether what we've been taught is what we should be doing, um, when it's something that is more complex and complicated, um, like, for example, you know, say you have a really important work meeting that mm-hmm. you've been prepping for for um months maybe even all year and then that same day your child is not dying but does not feel well and the only thing they want is for you to be with them and so you have your child saying you know please mommy please daddy don't leave me stay with me Mm -hmm. i just don't want to be by myself Um, or imagine that they went through like a horrible breakup so they're having this earth shattering experience where they'll be okay but they really want you to be there but then you also have this really important meeting and in that moment you know what what do you hear do you hear that it's really important for you to go to this meeting because it it could be there could be something that's happening at that meeting and it's just as important for you to let your little one feel what they're feeling because that's what's needed for them Mm -hmm. but also the opposite could be true that you got to let go of this meeting that you put all this significance on and all the fear about the repercussions and the ripples if i don't go and stay because that's what feels right and i think you know, we talk about really being intuitively guided. Mm-hmm. It's when we get into that complexity that it gets really hard. And I think I find myself fighting with my intuition more than anything. Interesting. Like okay. I will sit with it and then be like, I hear you, but I don't want to do that. Or like, mm. that can't be right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we have free will at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. you can hear this input and then decide to screw it and go do whatever you <laughs> want to right. do. It anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. So um yeah, so I think, you know, and, and we've kinda we've had two episodes where we've been talking about, you know, chi and energy and mm-hmm. all this feeling good and when it feels good, it feels good, but getting through and you talked about the roller coasters, the emotions mm. that I've illustrated in the book, I mean I think that's intentional because it's messy before you mm-hmm. get to a place and there are certain things like i think you've you've reached a couple of things where intuitively you're like nope not going there anymore that's right but at one point it was messy to decide if that was really what was supposed to be that's true and that's great and that's you know and what i've also kind of learned and become more aware of and i'll tell you and i, I this is what i would suggest too to folks um be aware of your surroundings and what i mean by that is we and you know we all think it's all happening to us and it's everything in the moment and oh my gosh i'm the only one that's dealing with this or that or that stress or oh my gosh this deadline or like my, my kid that or what um what i've learned and um what i've learned and it's helped me is to watch everyone else um and i had an example of it today i was um st- i'm stressing out as i do most days about most things but uh, a work related thing and i was going to talk to someone just to vent about it and just to just to get it off my chest and the person i went to go talk to was talking to um our ceo actually 
And I thought, oh, great, you know, and I can share the story with them as well, whatever. And it turned out the CEO was sharing something that was a lot more important. And I say important. It was in the grand scheme of it that I realized, you know what, as much as I have going on, so does everyone else. So mm -hmm. that's helping me keep it in perspective. So back to, you know, using my intuition, at the end of the day, I'll decide what is the right way to go for me in this moment. Is it call it selfish? Perhaps, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, everybody's got a lot going on at the end of the day in a day or two, if I didn't go to that meeting and I decided because it felt right to stay home and give my child that attention, it, that's the way it is. And I'm going to move on because the, the other person, I mean, you know, it's not all happening in, ugh, in that particular, um, instance and moment. And, but, but the challenge I think, and where maybe you're fighting that intuition is, but I'm prepared. I prepared for months for, you know, this could be the moment, the defining a this, a that, and now my kid's going to get in the way of this or, you know, some, and that I agree is, is really the real world of this because you can't go, well, let me sit back down and it's a black and white and I'll think, okay, let me, all right, intuition, what do you think I should do? Okay. Okay. That's good. Okay. I mean, things are happening a hundred miles an hour. You kind of, and all the more reason, I feel like you got to kind of have this ability, obviously, to be just, you just kind of got to flow with things and maybe give yourself um, some type of prompt. If things are starting to spin out of control, that's when you need to kind of go back and think, okay, let me just, what's my heart telling me right now? And it might be telling you, slow down, take a break. Get, you know, get away from this whatever mm -hmm. toxic or just mm -hmm. spastic environment and go for a walk or do something like that. So I think intuition is a very natural, and you, Sam, correct me from your experience, but I've, I'm learning it's a very natural occurrence in humans. And a big challenge for all of us is how much noise and distractions from the outside are coming in almost to undermine this for us. Because otherwise... God, like you talk about in the book, the numbing. Uh, at some point, you just throw your hands up and say, you know what? I'm going to eat something that I know is not good for me, but tastes great because in that moment, oh, it just feels so good. Or alcohol or drugs or some other type of, you know, numbing technique. Um, and it's tough because you're almost in it by yourself to a degree. I mean, you're hoping that you got a good mm -hmm. support system, but that's what I've learned is intuition even it's more it's more at the forefront of what you're doing and living your life whether you like whether you appreciate it and even acknowledge it or not it's there if you're willing to tap into it mm, i love that you just said it's at the forefront mm -hmm. of of your life and yeah. your well-being and like if we had phrased it like that where that is the guide mm -hmm. you know how would things change you know, uh, today I did that training where I, you know, got mistaken as a Disney princess, <laughs> celebrity, whatever. Um, but part of the training is I have people start with feeling, you know, uh, a sensation from a moment where you felt like you were exactly where you were supposed to be and focus on the sensation and where does it come alive. And 99% of the time people point to their chest. They feel uh, that warm, tingling yeah. sensation. You know, and maybe it's chest, it's usually a little bit below, it's usually mm -hmm. the heart. And so I said, well, let's just feel that. So watching these 50 leaders putting their hands on their chest, <laughs> just breathing in and, and knowing they're feeling that, you know, if you're a leader, if you're a people-driven yeah. individual, like you're in it for those moments mm -hmm. where it is just sweet. And yeah. even though it's, you know, a couple seconds, a couple whatever, but it's that feeling that technically is guiding you. And yeah. that's that's intuition and i i said you know for us it's it's more like pings you know mm -hmm. your day is broken up and you get a ping of that warm feeling and then you have a chunk that sucks and then you get another <laughs> ping but it's those things that are keeping you going and you're right i mean that's it's at the forefront it's almost like you're you know in chinese medicine they talk about it almost as like the soul's dna and yeah. reason for incarnating and from a purpose aspect and so um if we reshift our perspective there, 
it's a really powerful tool. Absolutely. And uh, I just, you know, as we talk about this, it, it's, it's more, again, and I'll, t- I'll challenge the, the, the listeners, you know, and I'll, we'll do this ourselves. Just start to be a little more aware of when and when intuition could, should, is starting to rear its, itself and even in your own, especially in your own life and in your everyday experiences, okay? Because it's always there. And when have you used it that you may not even be aware you're using it? Just be a little more aware of it. And I, I, I feel like when you do that, when you're a little more, um, uh, um, your senses are a little more heightened, you can suddenly not be as emotionally involved in, in, in the, in in that in that moment as you need to be okay you're able to step back and and that to me allows you maybe to rely a little more on intuition again the stuff that happens a hundred you know this that that every absolutely but there's moments during the day where you you know you almost need to create that time that moment that stillness where you can then almost you you revisit and remind yourself that's right i gotta rely on my intuition okay instead of getting caught up with whatever the next fire is that's burning well and i think you hinted at a great point you know as the intuitive muscle strengthens Mm. i think there is this you know and i don't want to say disconnect but there is a distance that gets moved uh, away from just you know you still experience emotions but rather than these things where you've got to dwell and stew in them yes they happen and then you kind of like to your point you go through the flow it's a yeah. it's a completely different experience mm-hmm. when intuition is kind of feeding this this greater good or this greater connection mm-hmm. that uh we're following and that these are just little steps along the way um, we know that they're not so earth shattering. They might be still heartbreaking and sad and people are still going to disappoint you. So it doesn't take away the reality of life at all. Mm-hmm. However, you know, it, it, it does uncannily, you're able to back away and say, today was another day. It was crazy, but it wasn't like it sucked my soul out of my body. Exactly. That's a great, and I, you know, I just had this uh, sense probably in the last 24 to 48 hours, you know, you put a, a long day in at work and you just are feeling overwhelmed and you're thinking, I, I have, I don't, I, I can't do this. I can't take anymore. Um, and then you just, you do, you know, then you just kind of, you start again, you, you watch what's happening around you and you realize, okay, everybody's going through this. And I think when you appreciate that, that can be used for the good, okay? We're not talking about commiserating, but we're talking about, okay, look, there's nothing extraordinarily special about me because we're all in this thing together. That, to me, always gives me a little bit more of an incentive or a motivation to say, okay, well, all right, I'm going to control maybe a little more what I do or how I think or how I respond knowing that nobody else has this figured out either for gosh you know what i mean so um it's these are mechanisms and i think just maybe um uh, ways to to just help and i think if you start to do that it's going to get easier like anything and then you can start to share that um with other people that you feel maybe are com- are comfortable enough um, and maybe also just really need mm-hmm. something to, you know, and someone to come in and, and maybe help. Well, and I think it's great that you brought up overwhelm because I think overwhelm is a, it's a, it's a numbing device. Mm. Oh, just go ahead, expand on that. Well, I, cause I, you know, I think that we pack our schedules so that we don't mm-hmm. have to listen or take on the tasks that, um, we are feeling called or pushed to kind of do. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of them that I think really, uh, really in particular was 
and this is way back, this is my very first book, and I did not fully understand what I was writing about. So if you want to read a book where <laughs> Sam had no idea what was coming, <laughs> that first one from Mark to Heart is totally that. But there was a book where I was asked to go be on a board, and this was one of the first boards that I was serving on, and I really connected with their executive director, and she kind of became like a mentor, yep. leading me through kind of the nonprofit world because that was all brand new to me too. And one of the things that she really pushed me was that I think that you should, uh, this was a religious organization, help me go around to the local churches and share this message and connect with people. And I think you could really do a service for our, our organization by doing that. Uh, sounds really great in theory because oh, I'm a, doesn't at all. a speaker yeah. and, you know, all that um, I'm terrified of speaking in churches, mm. uh, just from my upbringing, there's a lot of judgment and, um, especially, and we've unpacked some of this, you know, being sensitive as a child, not knowing where that fits with the religious kind of perspective, you know, old school Catholics sometimes are viewing it as mm -hmm. you're doomed. And, you know, so I had a lot of things that I had not worked out yet. Cause this was even before I started doing any of this work, um, and I literally, I think I, I, the first day I was supposed to go just observe. I wasn't even supposed to yeah. talk. I was supposed to observe. Um, I literally, for whatever reason, that whole week packed my calendar. Like, so I didn't have to think about it. So oh. my calendar was so full mm -hmm. that by Sunday I was so tired that I slept, overslept, mm. and didn't go and meet <laughs> to like. And then I sent this message that basically finally giving in to what intuition, like, I shouldn't even say giving in because literally I was uh, saying, no, I'm not going to do this, <laughs> but sent an email saying that I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Like I recognize that this is what's happening, but I'm not ready. And, and maybe that was the message from intuition. But I think sometimes instead of giving an answer or having to make the hard decision, uh, we use things in our schedule yeah. know, as a way around that. Yeah. And it always looks good when you're busy. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. And, you know, I say we all are and we all are in our own way, but what I don't necessarily like anymore is when people say, well, um, they, they make it out like that's a good thing. You know, it's good to be busy. It's kind of, I, not it used to be maybe, but I think, um, I think, and that's maybe where I've you know one of the things I thought we might kind of uh, talk a little bit about is you know do do each of us have an awakening story? Do we have a moment um, where we maybe decided to be the adult in the room and say, okay, hold on a second. Um, and to your point, the, uh, the schedules, the overwhelm, which I've been dealing with, um, my whole adult life. Um, it took me about, it took me a couple of years ago when I realized I sat on something like five or six boards and it didn't. And again, that sounds, when I hear myself say that out loud, it's like, what are you out of your mind? But at the time it was just, oh, okay. And so it was, you know, there was literally a board meeting every week, sometimes twice a week. And, um, and I was doing it cause somebody asked. Okay. And I thought, well, this is what you do. You give back to the community. Um, not necessarily knowing the toll it was taking on me, emotionally or my family for that matter. Um, so it took me, the awakening I had was when I kind of, and I'll say woke up one day and thought, I don't want to do this anymore mm -hmm. and it's okay. And it's not, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to stamp, you know, stomp my feet and jump around and throw a tantrum. It's, I don't, I need to reevaluate where my time is uh, is best used for, for Dave. Okay. For me and my family and my friends and my, you know, my circle of influence. And it wasn't being, um, on boards. It was great because I was filling a role and I was, you know, you know, helping really, you know, in, in whatever capacity they needed. But what was uh, the flip side of that was people were, um, you know, as long as I kept saying yes, they kept giving me more to do. So it, but it, it took me a while to reconcile that in my own mind that it was okay. And then I had to actually go and tell people, Hey, I'm going to gradually be pulling out of, uh, 
out of this. And, um, you know, like any, or, you know, it, and it, it took time, but it worked. And I'm, you know, thrilled to say now I'm down to like a board and a half or something. Because um, one still won't let me out, but I'm getting out. But it, it's, it, but, but what's, what's allowed me to be okay with that is I've redirected my energies. And a lot of that was looking in, inward and thinking, something's not right here. Something's not adding up. And it was, and once I re, once I turned and shifted just a little and, and, and put it out there to folks, um, the things I wanted to do and, and really feel like I'm doing my calling, those things started to come to me anyway. So it's been a lot easier to say no, because I'm almost like, nope, that's not where I'm devoting my mm. energies. But that awakening it almost to your, you know, you talked about a traumatic, it wasn't, to me it was traumatic because it was really the sense of overwhelm that I had and the sense of being pulled in several different directions. Um, that was enough for me to finally, that was the, tra the, 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 the traumatic moment, even though it took place over a, the course of, uh, of time, where I realized, okay, I, um, I need to go in a different direction. So it's interesting, when you were talking earlier about like a, a, a traumatic moment or something like that almost brings out that intuition. At first, I wasn't following that. I was thinking, huh, what? Okay. But now that's kind of, you're right. It almost has to get to a point where you realize, okay, something's different has to happen. I'm not even sure what that is, but something different has to happen. And then that's, I think, where people will, they'll almost follow what they what what's ha what's going on in their heart deep down and 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 you yeah. know and even though it might be scary and uncertain it's amazing how many people actually do follow through yeah. with that well and so here i guess is my example so mm -hmm. and everyone people listen and think that i have this all figured out and i, I don't <laughs> i mean if i did i would have no more stuff for the books like i so constantly i am actively seeking out failure and growth as well so um you know one of the things that most people don't know is since 2020 when we were locked down coming out is i have had heightened levels of anxiety mm -hmm. just integrating back with people so as someone who is more introverted uh, who was able to just dwell there for a whole mm. year, um, you know, migrating out has been difficult for me. Uh, and part of my job is being with people, traveling, uh, and, you know, airports. It's just, it's been a whole thing. And I know mm. that I'm not alone in that. Um, so anyways, I've been doing this doctoral program in Miami, uh, and traveling has been this real kind of adventure the most recent success story has been taking the train. So I actually like book extra days. It's like now a four day weekend has turned into a whole week <laughs> experience so that Sam can not have anxiety going down to do this program. And uh, everyone's been really cool about it and supportive of it. I have a really great support system. But while we were doing this, um, you know, here's these gentle nudges that you just kind of get uh, where I think you know that intuition is behind these people that are presenting things to you. Um, and so I literally, one of my best friends um, was enticing me to get this ring that I've been wearing that mm. tracks your heart rate, tracks your sleep cycles. Um, she said, it just gives you all kinds of really fun data. Like, I think you'd really enjoy it. She kept pushing. So my husband got it for Valentine's oh. Day. So I've been wearing this thing. And um, one of the things that it shows you is your sleep cycles at night. Mm. So how much deep sleep you get, how much REM sleep you get, how much light sleep you get. And then it starts to predict when you should go to sleep, how much you should sleep. And it also does this thing, I think it's called lat, lat, latency, latency, latency. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how fast you basically fall asleep. Yeah. So which rates your exhaustion level. Hmm. Um, so right off the bat, it was telling me that my level was really, really high, like that I was basically passing out when I would go to bed. And then slowly the algorithm kept saying, you need to sleep like nine to 10 hours. You should be in bed by 7.30 PM. Lord. And I would, you know, eventually give in because this thing starts buzzing you and telling you to go to bed. And then I would feel amazing and sleep like nine hours, 10, which I've never done in my mm -hmm. life. Um, and so, you know, I've been looking at this, but one of the things that became very clear to me is just the deep sleep cycles, which is when the body is restoring and repairing itself. Uh, and if you're functioning in a high stress environment, um, 
this is what the body has to do to recover from the stresses that we do on a daily basis. And I spend probably triple the amount of time in deep sleep that you're supposed to. That you're supposed to? You're supposed to on a regular night. Interesting. According to these little charts okay. and stuff. I'm yep. not a sleep expert. Right, right. But, um, but it really was humbling because I knew that I've been stressed. And I knew that I've constantly lived life yeah. like that. But to watch internally what my body was trying to do to keep me going. So this is the background. So here's here's the, uh, you know, drop the mic moment. Yep. So I have a coach that I meet with who guides me. Um, he calls himself a, a, you know, spiritual directions, which I would basically is an intuitive coach. So yes. somebody who is tuning in, but it will only gently nudge you when you're ready for yes. it. And so I tell him this, um, and he's like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me, Sam. And he's like, so I now think you're ready to hear hmm. the truth of what you need to do to move to the next step and get past the anxiety and everything. Like that. I was like, so you've had this magical answer. Yeah, right. And you're, you're like, wait, 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 me come to you yeah. like on, on, yeah. you know, in a desperation mode. Here. That's right. right. So, and he said, because you wouldn't be able to hear it before, oh. but he said, you know, after you get your doctorate, which I should have in October, as long as I don't fail, <laughs> he said, you need to spend four to six months sleeping, taking care of yourself, and really letting the body restore, which is the total opposite to wow. how I live, because you yeah. and I have very oh. similar kind of oh, functionality. Do we ever. Um, and he said, not taking any new yeses. You're going to have to have your whole support system hold you back because about six oh. weeks in, you're going to feel like a new person and you're not and need you to sit and settle and rest. Um, but only in that moment was I prepped enough to hear inside that says, you know, this is what you need. Oh, wow. Okay. And I would never have yeah. listened to it before. You're going to tell me what? I'm going to get my doctor and then I got to like sit and yeah, like right. stew and mm -hmm. do minimal amount of things. Yeah. Um, but I know that he's right. Like, I've my body has been broken down that much. And I think I'm sharing this twofold because I think I'm not the only one no. that feels like this. Mm -hmm. And this is the amount of recovery time that we need for that. And I wish I wish that quarantine had been like this for many uh, of us because yeah. maybe we could have all restored ourselves. And who knows if Mother Nature was in a playful way yeah, <laughs> trying, trying to push to us that way oh, yeah. and our mm -hmm. corporate uh, mm -hmm. habits <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to, said, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, so, you know, for me, and I think I say this in the book, your awakening moments become more blazing and more, they are like smack you in the yeah. face moments, yeah. you know, so they start small and then big chunks start to fall together mm -hmm. uh, because you're able to receive them and you're open to them. Um, and I just, you know, for me, I mean, this literally just happened this week. Um, but now I'm sitting here planning, you know, October 2022 till yeah. beginning of probably this time yeah. in 2023. Yeah. Um, Sam's going to be on light duty. That's right. <laughs> I think I can still podcast. Uh, yes, that shouldn't take a, a lot. <laughs> we might have to speed up the tempo, though, as we're doing this. I'll be talking <laughs> a lot slower. But that's so interesting. And we're going to make this happen, everyone, because now that she's made that public, um, I'm going to hold her to it because it's a great... It's, 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 it's not... And again, don't misunderstand this as being, oh, you're just going to take... You know, you're going to check out for a while and you're going to take your foot. No, it's not that at all. It's put it this way. She's been uh, working out with weights, heavy weights for 30 days without a break. OK, think about what that would do to your muscular system and your mental uh, capacity. And uh, it's it, and you're right. Four to six months. That sounds like a long time. But I always say, gosh, if I could take. Like, what would I do the day I stop working? Well, I always say I'm going to take a month off and do what you just described is basically be, you know, but that's almost to recover and restore and reset uh, my body. Because you also have to wonder, too, I would think, how, how, how much more effective could you be? What capacity are you really operating in right now? Yeah. Certainly, you know, you talk about that in the book, too. There were times where, you know, if you ended up going sideways and using a numbing technique or some way, um, you'd, you'd lose your effectiveness or you wouldn't be 
uh, really the person that you could be uh, to, to yourself and to others. So um, that's really something when they uh, when they say, hey, this yeah. is this is it. And you're at least wise enough to know, OK, uh, I need to take this maybe maybe to heart. Well, and I think, you know, you hit it right on the nail and you didn't have to have that smack in your mm -mm. face kind of conversation. But. You know, about four to six weeks is enough for our body to recover mm -hmm. where you could go charging out there again. The argument is at four to six months, we're able to reset mm. our habits mm -hmm. so that we enter life in a more balanced way. Mm. And I think also, you know, when I say Sam on light duty, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still going to be doing my job. I'm still going to, but it's less of the extra. The yeah. extra that has to happen is he's like... Sam be in bed by eight o'clock. So yeah. that if you have to sleep the ten hours, to yeah. get the ten You'll get hours. Those ten hours in, yeah. Uh, you know, if you like working out, like mm -hmm. I don't know how it is for you, for you, Dave, but that's the first thing that always goes for me. Oh, and the, uh, yes, because mm -hmm. everything else is more important. Sure. And so he said, for that four to six months, that is so. That's it's, the priority. It's basically yeah. me as the priority yeah. for six yeah. months. Which I can tell you, in this culture, of course, goes is totally counterintuitive. But at the same time. I always say, you know, if you're about to, if you're having a heart attack, okay, you, you that's when you wish, gosh, why didn't I listen to my body or my, why didn't I listen? But that's taking care of yourself first, making sure you're healthy and ready to deal with whatever you need to deal with. That, that's what you do for, for, for infants and for toddlers. You make sure that they're in a safe, healthy way before they... Then something gets turned completely inside out by the time we get adults and we're just like at the mercy of everyone around mm -hmm. us. So, um, folks, this is, and I wish I could say this was the first time I've ever heard this, but I mean, this is something, this is, it. it's not, and if you think it's selfish, then you know what, then it's selfish. You need to get over it. And, okay, <laughs> because <laughs> selfish and self-centered are two different things, Okay. Sam's one of the least, as much as I should say, one of the most selfless persons that I know. And wouldn't you want, if she's out there doing what she does for others, wouldn't you want to, her to make sure she takes care of herself so she could be available? Dave, you should be talking to yourself about that, too. That's right. I think he's talking <laughs> Physician, to heal right thyself. Now. Thank you. You don't see us, but I'm looking into a mirror right That's now. That's right. He's exactly. not even looking at me. He's That's been talking right. to himself the I entire have. time. You don't even realize this. Sam who? <laughs> Sam's what he calls little Dave. That's right, little Dave. <laughs> I'm flicking him off my left shoulder. You can picture that, I'm sure. How are we on time? Look, can we do one last quick yeah, thing? Yeah, let's do one last okay. quick thing. Oh, and the, then i got to do announcements. Everyone's okay, got to hold me accountable. That's right, hold, yeah, hold that. Uh, let's just, I, you know, is there someone, whether it's a fictional person or somebody in real life, that um, followed their uh, intuitive guidance, and how do you think it affected the outcome of that decision. Um, I had thought of somebody earlier, but then again, I had the uh, I had the the agenda. <laughs> Remember, Sam didn't have the agenda. That's why isn't this fun? I'm sitting in the the, the, the captain's seat here, folks. And if you don't like it, just say so. But this is how it's going to be from now on. It only took three episodes for me to feel like I'm going to take charge. No, I'm kidding. Sam's the leader. Um, but I did have somebody in mind. Because Sam's looking at me like, how the hell should I know? But, um, <laughs> all right. I thought of Walt Disney. Okay. And I don't know what made me, it just, but in, in my thinking of, I always, the funny part about the, the Walt Disney, you know, is um, he always, he always used to look for universal disapproval, right? When he would get universal disapproval, he knew he was on the right path. So in Florida, um, it, you know, I, I always kick joke with my kids who are grown now, but when they were little, I'd said, hey, Walt Disney, you know, everybody saw an orange grove. He saw family fun and entertainment. And um, even when he, uh, you know, developed Disneyland out in California, which was obviously their first before Disney World, you know, the, to me, that there was some intuitive sense going on because... The amusement park was not nearly what it was after Disneyland and Disney World as it was beforehand. So I always felt like he was someone that, you know, for some reason thought there was something more 
to it than what everybody else thought. And uh, and I don't, you know, we all, if you've been to either of those Disney parks, you know, you, you know, it doesn't matter. Heck, we were down there six or seven years ago. My wife, who's no longer a child by any means, um, you can edit that part out. Um, she was crying when she met Mickey and Minnie. I mean, there was just so, you know, that was, so to me, that's something, I don't know, he to me kind of maybe defines what we're talking about. Um, and everyone, we all have a special place, don't we, for Disney World and and just, you know, that uh, that place. And, and I don't know. So I just thought uh, Walt Disney, uh, to me, was someone who obviously took it to an extreme level, but uh, could be someone who really trusted that, that inner voice. You know, I think that, um, you know, you picked a perfect example, <laughs> by the way, because... I love Disney. Mm. And there's, you know, a lot of controversy around. You could really, just like anybody's mm -hmm. life, you can dissect and judge and yep. say whether, you know, he was a great man or not a great man or whatever. But at the same time, there's no question that he followed his intuition. Mm -hmm. And in fact, some of my favorite documentaries to watch are interesting Walt Disney and how he brought Disneyland to life oh. and how clear he was and how much he... Um, fought people when they wanted yes. to do something else or cut corners. Like he knew exactly what he wanted to see. Uh, so much so that I think for a period of time they even had an apartment on Main Street so that he could yeah. fully make sure that the experience was what yeah. he remembered. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. So, so through your kind of journey and everything you've gone through, it's interesting that that you recognize that there was something going on there with what he and not not just he had that idea or that that inspiration call it what you will but then he followed through with it then he held people accountable or he held people to that standard talk if you will and maybe this is where we may end but talk if you just how difficult would that have had to have been you talk about change or just getting people to come around to a different way of thinking but right i mean you experience that just in in what you do well but i think that and, and that's a really that's a question that people ask all the time mm. i think they're always uh disappointed in the answer mm. because it isn't that much of a battle when you are in sync with intuition ah. and i also think that some of the magic that we experience at the magical mm -hmm. kingdom it's because intuition is just running through its veins. Mm. There is some, and and I think the dreamers, the uh, what are they called, the Imagineers. The Imagineers, yeah, yeah. I think that they are being guided to you know adjust things, and mm -hmm. and you can always tell when one cuts corners, and they don't infuse it in there. Mm -hmm. So one of the uh, most recent examples, if if you go to Walt Disney World, you go to Epcot, Ratatouille just got a uh, ride. Okay. And there was lots of feedback about that the Imagineers didn't reach its full potential in integrating the magic in there. They kind of put screens up and just showed clips of the movie. I haven't been on it, so yeah. I don't know. But it just shows you from the commentary, it's less about judging the ride and more so about just feeling the experience yeah yeah and everything really is like good. that you know yeah. like there's not yeah. a lot of thrill rides right right it's about you're immersed in something yes. so amazing yes. each time yes and each one of those movies and we want to go back to the energy conversation yeah. that we had the other week yeah i mean disney movies make you feel something very special across the board and everyone to me especially if you grew up watching the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights, you know, you, you long for that. I think you go back to that because of what you're talking about, that intuition. I can remember when we were down there that same time, which my kids at that time would have been, you know, 17, 15, something like that. So, you know, but just watching the fireworks at Magic Kingdom at the end of the night, the look on your, on, on their faces and the look, just looking around, you're thinking something's happening here. That's not yeah. happening outside these you know these yeah. gates and i i i it, you're right it's it's and then you leave and it takes a little while for you to get back down you know back mm -hmm. maybe down into your reality but that's that's yeah that's i feel like that's we're maybe striving for that and you're right it's interesting cuz that's always my concern that 
when are they going to, when is it not going to be that full? Because you know what, Disney, we count on you for that. We need you to take everything and make it that full-blown experience because I'm telling you, we all hunger for that that sense, that intuition, that intangible thing we can't necessarily put our, our fingers on, but we know that there's something very positive um, that's going to happen as a result of it. So if you take Disney and, you know, just dissect what he did, which is creating the space for him to be fully immersed in his intuition, and in fact, there are this one, I wish I could find it again. It was like one of those nights where you can't sleep oh, and yeah. all you're like going through the channels <laughs> and I'm like, well, Disney documentary, mm-hmm. don't know what it's called, but I'm going to watch. And um, they talked about the creation of Disneyland and he actually would create, he had like a mini train ride on his home property. So yeah. he basically had started that way, one that you could sit on, like yeah. it was like a little, you know, reminds me of like the little kid trains, but you could ride around. And so he was really, he was basically stressed out at work. Uh, realized that something was missing. And so he was retreating home mm. in this train-like fashion, which, you know, any hobby like that's almost meditative in mm. nature. It's a putting you in a place to listen to your intuition while you're riding your train around <laughs> your yard. Sure. And, you know, then he immersed himself and created this thing, which to your point, you know, we crave it, we need mm-hmm. it. And whether you're anti-Disney or not, there there are the masses yeah. who it is serving. Um, and so, you know, I think if you are a leader and this might even go back to the whole conversation of my four to six weeks of light (laughs) duty, if we can't find a way to put ourselves in a place to take care of ourselves and to connect to our intuition, that we can go into our organizations and be fully present, then we can't create that experience that our people are creating. That's great. And that maybe is the takeaway for today is, you know, Find your Disney moment. Find your, and you all have them. We all have them. I can think myself what I do just to go, but find that Disney moment where you can get a little more in tune with your intuitive side. Um, and it's, 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 it's to help recharge yourself as well and also to give you some perspective on what's happening out there and um yeah picture an adult riding in a a little mini train <laughs> around his backyard i mean some people would think all right we need to call the the guys with the rubber um room or whatever you padded room but y- y- we all have our weight we all do what we need to do to get through the next day and that's <clears throat> one thing sam you said because i like probably most think you do have it all figured out so to hear that you don't <laughs> <laughs> of course, which, and I'll, I'll, uh, this will be the last thing I say because I know we're way over time, but I love the show Modern Family. Okay. I mean, right. So, um, and they always would have a heartfelt moment at the end of, usually at the end of each episode. And there was one where each of all the storylines had to do with just parents and, you know, the parents of these kids not necessarily having all the answers. Just, you know, but it you think they do because, you know, when I grew up, I thought my parents knew everything and, and were experts at it all. And at the end, um, it was Phil, who I tend to feel like I relate to the most uh, in that show, who said, you know, what you kind of realize is your parents were just kind of winging it. You're kind of winging it. And your kids, when they become adults and become parents, they're good. And that to me, I thought, oh my gosh, my parents didn't know any more than I know right now. So, you know, we're all just trying to, you know, get through. Um, but I feel like that intuitive guidance that we all have is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, you know, to your point, I think it's a great takeaway. You know, how do you find what do you do to find that you can listen, like mm-hmm. intentionally find time so it doesn't just have to alert you in these extreme yeah, scenarios? Right. Yeah. You know, how do we start to move to a space, whether that's taking a walk at lunch, Yeah. you know, riding your train at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put your little conductor hat on. Riding your bike. Riding I totally your bike. just yeah. talked to somebody the other day yeah. and they were, said that her and her husband got a tandem bike and that's their thing. Mm. But every time I hear something like that and they're like, we go home every day and we do this tandem bike thing through the neighborhood. And yeah. I'm like, that's in the flow, man. Absolutely. And I think it needs to be intentional. Like, don't be like, I'm going to like, you know, it's so easy to say this, but riding your bike, 
think about it that way. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to do whatever. Insert your 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 thing there. Um, but for that reason, to get myself back in tune with and just get my myself back with that intuitive feel, um, that then you start to realize, okay, there's the benefit of it. But you're right. I feel like that's a good, especially as the weather's starting to warm up and we're going to be able to maybe get outside a lot more. However, whatever, however that is for you, um, maybe that's a good place to start. Yes. So a uh, couple announcements, because I forgot told the last episode, so you're going to have a couple here, because we're trying to do one per, but I, Dave and I were just so into talking yeah. last time, I totally forgot, mm. and then just said goodbye. Um, well, first off, we promised that we we're going to find a way for you to leave voice messages for us, and we have set that up. You just have to go to speakpipe.com slash my heart, and obviously heart is spelled like in the podcast, H-R-A-R-T. And when you get there, there's just a big record button and you can leave me and Dave a message about maybe from this episode or other questions that maybe came up for you. And then Dave and I are going to listen to those before we record uh, or use those in our planning purposes for future shows. So make sure that you, I would love if you would just bookmark it because then if you're driving in your car, it'd be a really easy way to just kind of pop in there and leave us a message because um, I know that's when I listen to podcasts. Mm. The other two announcements that I have, the one that I forgot last week, is um, we have coming up for the first time a medical Qigong practitioner training, which I think is so weird because we kind of <laughs> talked about it after I hit the record yes. button and didn't even realize that that was the announcement <laughs> that I was supposed to say. Um, but if you have an interest in medical Qigong and you want to learn more, the first module is all about self-care. So it's all about taking care of yourself and really focusing on personal cultivation so that is coming the first weekend in june here in york pennsylvania and even if you're not local i highly encourage you to maybe travel and come visit us for the mm. weekend because it's going to be these weekends in the practitioner training and throughout the entire training have been some of the greatest gifts for me um, these people that i talked about earlier that are taking me down to miami all of them were in my master's class my practitioner's class and my therapist class um, and they are probably relationships I'm going to have for a lifetime. So if you think bonding with people is great, bonding with them and energy is even better. Uh -huh. So okay. um, even if you don't want to be a healer, coming to learn how to heal yourself is really powerful. And then last, if you don't want to do a whole class, we have this wonderful thing called Chi Crew, which I did not name my team <laughs> named. But we cultivate five times a year when the seasons are changing to prepare for the season that's coming. So... As Dave said, it's getting warmer. Summer is coming. It is mm -hmm. the season of the heart. It's the season of fire. Mm. And so Saturday, May 14th, we are going to be together at John Rudy Park locally. Uh, so you can go to the Intuitive Heart Institute, find out all the details for both classes and the Chi Crew. Uh, and Chi Crew, what's really cool about it is when you sign up, not only do you get a workshop where we talk about it and do some exercises of Feel Awesome, you also get a cultivation self-care kits. So you get a whole box of goodies. So that's all included in your registration fee. So that's coming Saturday, May 14th, and then the healing class in the first weekend of June. And I think that's everything. Okay. Wow. And that, thank you. That's, uh, we covered a lot of ground today. We did cover a lot yeah. of ground. This was a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dave, for yeah. another great know, episode. Right? Thanks privilege. for being my co-host. Listen, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the reins today. <laughs> exactly. Listen, that, and trust me, folks, I don't know how this came off or how it, <laughs> I am, my toes have been tapping. I'm shaking over here. You have no idea. And I'm not kidding either, but Sam kept giving me like the you're doing fine, so I'm okay, it's good. And as you can tell, I'm um I don't know. Well we'll see. We'll see. I hope we get feedback. I'm curious as to how this how this is going over. So, yeah. Yeah. Give Dave feedback. He Please. keeps asking for I it. I know. Come on. Let's go. All right. So that's it for us to this time. And yep. we'll be back next month. Yes, can't wait. I know. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. I am so grateful for you and I hope this episode served you. If it did and you want to support the podcast, share your love by leaving a review on your favorite listening platform. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of your organizations. 